All right, welcome in Undraftables Podcast, episode three of the week. Kate Carlton, Kate Livingston with you. And what has been a crazy week in sports. It has been a crazy week in the college football landscape in particular. And today we're kind of going to kind of get some insight on everything that has gone down this week in college football and might continue to go down as CBS Sports' own Barrett Salee, um, who him, along with Dennis Dodd and a few others at CBS Sports, have had phenomenal coverage of the college football landscape over the course of the past few weeks, even the past few months. Um, Barrett Salee is going to join us today, about 20 minutes uh, spent with him. Great interview, great to catch up with him. But before we do anything, I'll... Uh, go across the phone line and say what's up to Caleb Livingston. What's up, man? It's uh, good to be here. Can't, can't wait to talk to Barrett this morning. Um, you know, I, me personally, I I get all my college sports news, especially football, basketball, from CBS already. I mean, yeah. I, I, think, uh, I think they've put the best content out. They, You know, they've got a couple podcasts that are, you know, regular and give good information. So, this is, you know, personally, you know, Barrett's one of the best in college football, but, you know, I'm a CBS sports guy. So, um, going to be fun to talk to him this morning. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, we've kind of hit on the Big Ten and the Pac-12 uh, canceling football over the course of this week. Uh, Mountain West is also canceled, or I guess postponed until the spring. Um no, I mean, they canceled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess canceled still is the right word. But uh, it's just been crazy to see everything go down this week. Uh, one of the most interesting things, you know, we kind of talked about with him early on in the interview is that, I mean, this is going to affect recruiting big time in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 because if, if the solution is we're going to play an eight-game schedule in January – um, that'll be over with by March, and then we're going to take five months off, four months off, whatever it is, uh, come back and start getting ready for next year in August. Like I, I don't think a lot of 18-, 19-year-old kids are going to sign up for that, and that's really going to affect recruiting in those leagues. Right. Um, and what they're not considering is if I'm an NFL prospect, there's no way I'm playing in the spring. No. Like, like no way. It's going to be terrible football. Then, then all these kids that's, that are early enrollees, they're going to try to get them to play, and they're not going to be ready. And it's just, it's going to be a mess. Like they, they put themselves behind the eight ball because now they're not going to come back out and say, "Oh, we made a mistake. We need to play," you know. But so th- they've, they've hurt themselves, and they, the Big Ten really tried to be the big dog on the block, and it backfired on them so far. <laughs> so. Um, can't wait to talk to Barrett about that. You know, he's had some pretty strong opinions on, on all that right now. And, uh, just can't, can't wait to have him, you know, talk to us more about it. Yeah. And, you know, one last thing before we kind of get into his interviews that, you know, one thing we did hit on with him, uh, you know, Reese Davis made some pretty good comments the other day about, you know, it's more dangerous to ask kids to go from a spring fall football split. It's more dangerous to do that than it is probably, you know, more dangerous to come in contact with the coronavirus because at that point you have to factor in a lot of other health issues when you're going full contact in the spring, taking three months off and going back at it in the fall. Yeah, I mean, when are these kids going to have time to – football players are going to get hurt. Like, it, right. can't avoid it. 
they got to have some time to have the surgeries. And a lot of them play hurt during the season and then use the offseason to have surgery, recover, and then get better. Right. And there's no time to do that if they do the two seasons. So, Yeah, so some interesting stuff with uh, Barrett Salee today. We'll go ahead and hop right into that. I want to thank him for hopping on. Some great stuff with him, and we'll talk to him next on the Undraftables. All right, so welcome back as we're joined now by Barrett Salee of CBSSports.com on what has been a very interesting week in college athletics, in particular football. Barrett, thanks for hopping on with us this morning. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, um, you know, we've seen a lot of breaking news go down this week, most notably Big Ten and Pac-12 canceling uh, after both of them released a schedule just a few weeks ago um just what do you make of those two canceling and then what do you make of the different responses because we saw from the Pac-12 you know they put out a 12 or 13 page you know document about why they couldn't play whereas the Big Ten and Kevin Warren's press conference kind of left uh you know a lot of questions (laughs) on the table yeah I think the Pac-12 had already uh sort of uh, become you know it became known throughout its membership that they were in lockstep with whatever the Big Ten did uh, due in part to the fact from an academic standpoint, um, you know, those two conferences align, you know, maybe more than others. Um, I think Kevin Warren deserves a ton of criticism for the way he handled this uh, in the Big Ten, uh, because I think he figured he would build a coalition when they announced their 10 game conference only schedule. And ultimately that did happen. But then he thought he could do it again uh, with the cancellation of the season. Uh, and it just didn't happen. Uh, and um, when when they announced that, uh, look, I, I think they had planned to cancel the season for about three, four weeks now. Uh, yeah. Releasing the schedule was just a, a formality just to have a plan in place. Um, you know, I think uh, when, when he didn't get the response from the SEC, ACC, and Big Ten uh, that he wanted, uh, he really put the Big Ten in a bind. It still has that conference in a bind because, you know, if, if, if the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 play – uh, the Big Ten and Pac-12 are basically on a, on a diet version of the death penalty. You know, they're not going to sign anybody. They're going to see players transfer. They're not going to be competitive for a while. Um, you know, so uh, I think they, they always had sort of been in the mode of erring on the side of caution um, for whatever reason. Um, but, um, you know, I think in the end, uh, it, Kevin Warren, you know, grossly misjudged the landscape of college football and um, you know, I think a lot of that had to do and still has to do with the fact that his experience in this arena is very limited. Yeah, you kind of touched on it, you know, with if they don't play how it's going to be, you know, they're going to lose out on in recruiting and stuff. Can you kind of go in depth on that, on, on how much this is going to hurt the Big Ten and Pac-12 and even some of the group of fives that aren't going to play this fall, uh, just the impact that that's going to have on their recruiting moving forward? Yeah, I think for the for the Power Five conferences, you know, it's going to be almost impossible to to sign teams or sign players. You know, Ohio State's up there. Oregon, I think, is number three. Um, you know, in recruiting uh, right now, and I just can't imagine how players are going to sign in mid December, knowing that okay, yeah, they might have a um, a spring season that they probably will be able to be eligible for, uh, but then have a truncated season in the fall. And basically, use two years of eligibility in less than one calendar season, calendar year. Uh, I just can't imagine why that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Um, you know, so 
that I think is going to set him back. And obviously we all know recruiting is, is the lifeblood, um, you know, and at the same time, I would imagine the transfer portal is lighting up, not just with group of or with power five players, but group of five players who are, have developed into power five, you know, caliber players, um, you know, so I just think that it's going to be hard to, uh, to know, uh, you know, where your roster is from a roster management standpoint, uh, you know, how's Ryan Day going to build a roster? How's he going to recruit? You know, it's impossible. It's, it's, it's impossible to have any clue what kind of numbers you need. Um, so I just, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough situation that I think was caused and has been caused by Kevin Warren. Now, it, might, it may not be a big deal in the end, you know, if we don't play in the fall. If nobody plays in the fall, then, you know, it, it's everybody's sort of falling under the same umbrella. But, man, if, if there's football in the fall in the Power Five, the, the Pac-12 and, and the Big Ten are, are going to be hurting for a long time. Yeah, just, you know, what do you kind of make of the difference and I guess the distance we've seen from different Power Five conferences? Like, you know, the ACC had one of their top infectious doctors come out the other day and said, hey, you know, it's safe to play football. It's safer to play football than to not play football. And the SEC's kind of echoed that sentiment. Meanwhile, you know, the Big Ten and Pac-12, for all intents and purposes, are kind of on their own island on this. Well, I think you can get doctors to tell you anything. <laughs> you know, yeah. If you find the right doctor, it's it's just it's almost exactly like Twitter. You know, follow the right same people, and you're going to get the same echo chamber. Same thing with with uh, with doctors, and you know, I think because this is uncharted territory, you know, I think there there are going to be more varying opinions. You know, I think if this is the flu, or this is you know even H1N1 or, or whatever, most doctors have a pretty similar opinion on things now that we've from a medical standpoint got a, a pretty firm grasp on what those are uh this is new obviously that's why they call it the novel coronavirus uh so you're gonna have a wide variety of opinions um you know it's funny because i saw um you know the big 10 reference and the pac 10 or pac 12 reference myocarditis which is you know the heart condition that results um you know in uh in, in people after you know viral infections not just right you know, COVID, but, you know, H1N1 and flu and whatever. And the Big Ten said they had five kids have it. Well, there was another doctor that said they, they tested like 4,000 students and only 13 had it. So so the Big Ten's going to have five of the, of the uh, 12 uh, people in the country, athletes in the country that have, I, you know, I, you know, I, it's, it's all subject to, to, to what doctor you're talking to. So, you know, I, I think – one thing about this that I never understood is, and, and and I think continually will be, if you've got players following the same protocol six days a week, and and they will because of they asked for third party you know administration of COVID testing, so you've got third party testing, you've got six days a week. One of them is a full contact practice. Other other you know practices you're still in close quarters. Yeah. How is it different if you play on Saturday against teams that have the exact same protocols in place? <laughs> just, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't, I cannot figure out why that, um, why that is a, a, a much bigger deal. So, you know, I think it's just to eye of the beholder. It's, uh, you know, if you have an opinion in place, and I think the Big Ten had an opinion in place in terms of, um, you know, canceling the season, you find a way to, to find the information that, 
um, allows you to cancel the season and vice versa. If you're the SEC or ACC, you find you find the person that tells you the information you need to keep the season. That's right. just sort of the way. That's the way everything is now. It seems like for, for every opinion that everybody has in every walk of life. Right, and let's say that we have fall football, ACC, SEC, Big Twelve. They stick to playing. Um, will we have spring football? Like, how logical is that? And and when when will that start? We know Ryan Day comes out and says he wants to start that in early January, but is is a spring football season even feasible? Right? No, now? no, absolutely not. Now Ryan Day's January football plan, okay, that's slightly feasible. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing like Columbus, Ohio, in nine degree weather in the wintertime. <laughs> but um, but uh, you know, because the the pro aspect of it is is a huge deal. Um, you know, because you know, if if they play spring there's going to be nobody on any of these teams that have any, you know, aspirations of playing in the NFL. Um, you know, so uh, the spring idea is just crazy. And what I think is hilarious in this, and I'm not going to wonder, I do pile on some members of our, of our industry sometimes, but um, the people that say they're out for the betterment, that the health and well being of the players and, and say, okay, you have to protect them from the virus in the fall. Are, are the ones championing a spring season when you're asking them to play two seasons in seven months. How does that make sense? Like yeah. it's, it doesn't make sense. So um, for that and a, a lot of other reasons, uh, the, the, the fact that it would clearly be a, a money grab, the fact that, um, you know, it's uh, that, that the coaching staff would have an almost impossible task of, of figuring out what the roster is. It's just it's not going to happen. You know, we've seen different plans come out from the conferences that are going to play. SEC is going conference only. ACC, conference plus one. But, you know, really haven't seen a whole lot of their non-conference matchups. Big 12 comes out yesterday uh, or two days ago and says, we're doing conference plus one. And we've kind of seen their scheduling format to where, you know, two or three teams have already scheduled a bye game. Just what do you make of the different plans in place for uh, the conferences that are trying to play this fall? Well, I think the ACC tried to strong arm the SEC to uh, to get them to keep the rivalries that were in place, but also get a bunch of SEC teams in state uh, in, yeah. in ACC home territories. Uh, that didn't work. Obviously, the SEC uh, is playing conference only. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I'm fine with whatever they need. What, whatever needs to happen, I'm fine with. Um, you know, the ACC's out of conference schedules. I think by and large makes sense. Uh, for for each particular school, I think the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, just sort of figuring it out on the fly, and the SEC. And here's the thing with the SEC: I know they've announced ten games. I know they've announced the ten opponents. It still wouldn't surprise me if they added one out of conference game. And the reason I say that is because a lot of these big schools are tied into university systems that have smaller football programs. Those football programs need money, like yeah. badly, and and so. I, I still wouldn't be floored if, you know, they make a mandate that say, okay, you can play one out of conference game, but it has to be an in-state program. So you get Auburn playing Troy and you get, you know, um, you know, Texas A&M playing Rice or something. You know, I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes down. So with, you know, the NCAA comes out and recommends eligibility relief to the players that are opting out and those who get their seasons canceled. <laughs> What, what's that going to look like, and, and what's the likelihood of that, that actually happening and in, in the, in the NCAA and the conferences going through with it? Well, <laughs> I think they have to go through with it. 
um, you know, we're all sitting here looking at the health and well-being of the players in a variety of different ways. Well, that falls under yeah. that category. You know, I just it's if you're really going to put the if you're, if you're not going to be hypocritical about what you're trying to do through all of this, uh, they, they have to go along with it and it, they might not like it. It's, it's going to be, you know, a little bit tough. Um, but uh, I just think that, yeah, uh, they're, they're, you're going to see a, a, a mass transformation of what the college football landscape looks like moving forward, and that's going to have a big part of it. You know, what are your colleagues yesterday, Dennis Dodd, put out a piece about, you know, just how do you go about crowning a national champion if you're going to do split seasons? Um just what are your thoughts on that, about how you go about crowning a national champion? Then even, you know, how do you go about crowning a Heisman Trophy winner, any of those award winners, if you're doing split seasons? So everything happens in the fall. You know, that you, you play the fall, you do it the way you're supposed to do it. And um, and then in the spring, you know, there there aren't any awards. You know, the, you can figure out a college football playoff or, you know, just do it by you know the old school way of, you know, having the voters decide. Um, but, you know, you – you can't change what the fall format is. Um, you can change the way, you know, the, the conferences are viewed, right? You, you, you can say, okay, the AAC is actually a pretty good conference this year because of, you know, the fact that there's no Big Ten or Pac-12. But you, you can't change what happens in the fall based on two conferences leaving. You, you just – you play a national championship. You award the award you're supposed to. And, you know, if, if, if those award committees, if the Heisman Trust wants to do something in the spring, then so be it. They, they won't. But – um, you know, uh, if you want to play a national championship or claim, you know, a truncated national champion or whatever, um, you know, that's fine. Uh, but, uh, I, I can't see anything changing the fall. Where is, where's the NCAA in all this? We, we haven't heard from anybody. And is this the end of college football or the power fives and the NCAA having a partnership? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they, they still might have a partnership, but it's going to be a different partnership. The autonomous five. You know, really, the autonomous five kind of broke away from the NCAA when it happened. You know, it's it was it, it became you know a, a little bit less invested in what the NCAA does. So, you know, breaking away, I've never really thought that that was going to be the the full story. Um, having a loose affiliation, I think probably will be. Um, and and so yeah, uh, especially with the name, image, and life and stuff, I, I have no doubt that you're going to see um, you know the the landscape and the 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 rules and regulations um, set forth by the NCAA that absolutely is going to to change because the autonomous five exists for a reason and making their own rules and you know sort of evolving with the times based on what their needs are not the needs of all you know Division one programs in every sport uh, that is um, you know, that this can't continue the way it is. And so, yeah, you're, you're going to see a change with the affiliation for sure. Well, and also, like, it feels like for the first time, players' voices are actually being heard. You know, you had that players' movement on Twitter last weekend. Uh, you saw different schools, kind of like Arkansas State, where we're at, put out a statement. Just how much has that kind of changed throughout the course of this where players are actually kind of being listened to and being heard for the first time in a while? Well, it's great. They're not hiding behind the SIDs. Um, you know, they were sort of forced to hide behind the SIDs uh, before. And, you know, I think they, they're they public figures. You know, it's it's been, you know, I think, you know, a long time coming because, you know, pro athletes can, can do and say whatever they want. And college athletes sort of had this idea. And I think a lot of it is because they just were fresh out of high school where 
you know, they're, they're sort of under the umbrella of, you know, being under mom and dad, you know, not being, you know, not having the, you know, the fortitude to stand out, to speak out. Like that's, you know, you're, you grow into that as a young adult. So, um, you know, I, I think the, the fact that they've figured out that, you know, Hey, Trevor Lawrence can start a movement. Pylon Hill can, you know, get the state of Mississippi flag changed. Um, you know, you have, you know, the big 10 and the Pac 12 players can unite to try to, you know, expedite the process of, of, you know, player health and well-being. Uh, they found out they can do that and it was going to happen at some point. Uh, I think certainly, you know, what has happened with, uh, with COVID and with black lives matter and with, um, you know, the, the disjointed nature of the college football off season and, you know, all that stuff has, has changed the 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 way they look at things and i think that's uh that's a good thing it's a good thing for for everybody involved here we are on august 13th it's 9 15 in the morning are we going to play college football this fall if you had to what's your guess today i think we are I i think it'll be Maybe some disjointed version of it, uh, but yeah, I think I think we are um, because I think the and this is just my personal opinion. Like like we said earlier, I, I can't see why it's more dangerous for teams to play on Saturday than it is to practice six days a week. Um, it, as long as the teams you're playing have followed the exact same protocol, and if all of these players are asking for third party administration of COVID testing, which they are and they will continue to get. Um, how how can how can playing how can Auburn playing Alabama on Saturday be any different than than Auburn playing Auburn six days a week? It, I mean, it, it's not. You know, it, it's it's college foot. And I know folks will say, well, kids are going to go out and go on dates and go to parties. And okay, yeah, um, of course they are. The St. Louis Cardinals have played five games this year because their teammates went to the casinos. You know, like that's going to happen. And if you have proper testing protocols in place, you handle it. And and I think that's uh, that's ultimately what's going to happen. Last thing uh, before we let you get out of here, obviously, you know, we're kind of close to Arkansas State. It's just down the road. Um, So them and the CUSA have kind of came out and said they're going to a 12 game schedule. Arkansas State actually just announced their 12th game yesterday. Just uh what do you kind of make of them being one of three programs in the country to have 12 games? Just how kind of impressive is that in these, you know, kind of uncertain times? I think it's great. Um, you know, Arkansas State's always, to me anyway, been a higher higher profile, you know, group of five program uh, with, with great backing, great support from, from the alumni and from students. Um, you know, so I, I it's not surprising that they're, in terms of, of where we are now from uh, a college football standpoint, um, you know, a, a big target um, to, to get on a schedule uh, because, you know, I think from a pro- profile standpoint, you know, they're not UCF, they're not Houston, right. um, but, you know, they're not Cincinnati, but they're up there, you know? Um, you know, so I, it's not surprising that, that they have found ways to, to sort of navigate these waters uh, to a point where they're, you know, sitting in a pretty good spot. Like, look, they're the, all the power, all the group of five schools are going to get crushed in revenue. I mean, it's gonna, they're going to get absolutely crushed. Um, but finding a way to, to sort of minimize that impact uh, is, is certainly something they have to do, and, the, and Arkansas State has done that. Barrett, appreciate you taking so much time this morning. Good to catch up with you on college football. And just uh, before we let you get out of here, just kind of tell everyone how they can uh, keep up with you and follow you on social media. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
Parlor, Barrett Salee, uh, download the CBS Sports app, watch CBS Sports HQ, uh, listen to Sirius XM uh, 84 and all the college channels, and uh, I think that's it. Is that all I do? <laughs> Only a few things, huh? <laughs> that's right. Barrett Salee joining us this morning. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. All right, All right, guys. Make it a great day. All right, thanks to uh, Barrett Salee for hopping on with us on this Thursday morning. Uh, some great stuff from him, about 20 minutes uh, from him, just talking about kind of uh, the landscape of college football and whatnot. Uh, crazy times. I, you know, I think one of my favorite comments from him was just kind of talking about how, like, how is it different for Auburn to be in practice hitting each other six times a week, but then – on Saturday, Auburn can't go play like LSU or Ole Miss or Alabama or somebody in the SEC West. And I get like you're beating up on each other, but at the end of the day, like there's not much difference in hitting your teammates six days a week and going to hit somebody else one day on a Saturday. No, because especially in the SEC, each league in the SEC, you know, ACC, Big 12, they're going through the same protocol. Right. Going through the same testing. It's third party. It's something that everybody's agreed upon. So basically you got to look at it as the SEC is one big team right now. And yeah, you may have a different jersey on, but you're going through the same stuff as far as this the COVID protocol. So it doesn't make a difference. And that's what people can't get out of their own way with this and, and, and are making it more than what it is. And, you know, that's why – you know, the Big Ten's canceled because they can't figure it out. And SEC, AC, Big 12 look like they're geniuses. Yeah, yeah. It's, and again, like I just think, you know, we kind of talked about it at the top. Uh, I just think that it's going to hurt. First off, it's going to hurt financials. There's no way it's not going to hurt financials and athletic departments. I don't care if you're the Big Ten or the Pac-12 and you're two of the top dogs in college football and college athletics. Like, not playing football is going to hurt you. You're going to have to fire people in the sports compliance department or the sports information department or just whatever. Like, you're going to have to let people go because you made this decision which I think is awful and which is one of the reasons I think we should have preserved this as long as we possibly could. And number two, like, you're losing out on recruiting battles. I know we talked about it earlier, but, like, you're losing out on recruiting battles, especially once you dip down into the group of five when, you know, I mean, let's be real, everything's mostly the same in the group of five. There's not a whole lot of separation from – to me, there's not a whole lot of separation in the AAC to the Sun Belt. And I know there's some, but there's not a whole lot of separation. So if the Mountain West says they don't want to play, I mean, guess what? I'm just going to go down to the AAC and play where it's the same level of competition and whatnot. So I just I think there's other mitigating factors you aren't thinking about when you just cancel the season entirely. Absolutely, and especially when you cancel it this early. Like, that's, that's the part I don't understand is they could have waited and waited and and they they decided to do it now, and now it gives – everybody was already chasing the SEC. Now it gives them even more advantage because they're going to play. And, they, and who knows, the SEC may end up canceling, but they're going to do everything in their power to play. And it's just going to keep continually making them the big dog, and it is what it is, you know. It is, it's why they're the big dog because they're not afraid to stand up for what they believe in. Well, and it's why in five years when – the Big Ten and the Pac-12 uh, are low on funds and low on employees and low on whatever. The SEC is going to be thriving because 
at the end of the day, they said, hey, you know what? 25% capacity, 0% capacity, we don't care. We're playing football, we're getting our TV money, and we're doing everything we can to preserve the SEC and preserve these athletic departments. So, Yeah, you know, it, it, it is what it is, and we'll uh, we'll see, hopefully see some football this fall and, you know, have some fun with it. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, appreciate Barrett Salee propping on this morning. Uh, again, highly recommend uh, listening to that, even going back and listening to that. Some good stuff with him about uh, college football. Hopefully we can have him on uh, sometime later down the road to talk about an actual product on the field. Uh, busy week in college football, busy week for us, so we'll close this week out today. Um, could have something special maybe next week coming up, uh, hopefully. But uh, we'll let you guys know more about that next week. But until next week, for Caleb Livingston, I'm Kate Carlton. Be sure to uh, like, subscribe, however, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Uh, we had three this week. We had a bonus pod. We had Bob Herring and today Barrett Salee of CBS Sports. So uh, until next week, appreciate everyone listening. Stay safe. Have a great weekend, everyone.